At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMMLP operating out Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. Good evening, it's The Rocket Shop. I'm your host, Tom Proctor, back from a small hiatus. With me tonight is Evan Jennison. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Uh, we love kicking off with a song, so what have you got for us this evening? All right, cool. This, uh, this first song is called City Vans. Mm-hmm. 
Evan Jennison there with City Veins. So, Evan, you uh, you were here about this time last year with your uh, with your other band, Exuero. Yeah, that's true. That was that was a fun time. Yeah. So, uh, when I think we last spoke, that was the first first uh, live performance you had in a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were midst of the pandemic at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, tell me a little bit about uh, your life and how music shaped uh, things between then and now. Um, well. I've been writing a lot more just on my own because that's how I usually write in general, I think. And I've kind of just been stockpiling songs ever since then. Um, it was this must it would have been after I was on this with Exoero, but um, I released a four-song EP called Early to Rise, and that was like my pandemic project because everybody sort of seemed to have their own. But that was my thing I did, and I had a lot of fun with that. And after that, I that was the most I had written, and only, only two of the songs on that are original. Uh, that one, uh, the last one I just played, City Veins, is on there. But I never really stopped since then, so I've just sort of been, like I said, like stockpiling original music. So, yeah. What was the decision to kind of go off and do your own thing and? and- Oh, to be clear, are you still with Exuero? Oh yeah, is that still, yeah, is for that sure. Uh, we just—it's just harder to find time because, um, uh, one, like, two of us have now graduated high school. I'm not included in that, but you know, two of the band, and then one is still like in high school, and then me—I'm about to. So it's kind of hard to find time to get everybody together. But you know, we have—we're planning a Halloween show, so that's cool. So that'll be kind of like a comeback show because we haven't played since July. But yeah, I've I've been doing a couple little things on my own here and there, like I'm playing at breweries and stuff like that because there's a million breweries to play in in Vermont. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so stuff like this is really fun for me when I get to play sort of my own songs because my my stuff like this is like way different than what I play with the other band. But yeah, was so besides obviously how difficult it is to try and get everyone together, especially when people go away to college and I think you're obviously at that age where people start getting scattered to the wind. Uh, was it also a stylistic reason why you decided to cut out on your own and rather than maybe replace bandmates or, or try and find a new band project, was it because you did want to put your own mark on something? I guess, I mean, yeah, I would agree with that because um, I kind of have a different music taste than uh, most of my uh, most of the other guys in the band and that's totally cool because, you know, you can always find something to play with uh, with everybody that works for everybody but on my own like the music i listen to is like just so different so that's sort of i play a lot more like what i listen to and so when i'm when i'm playing outside of uh the band i kind of get to be a little bit more myself i feel like sometimes even though i, I mean that's not always true but I get to play more of my original music because, you know, I'm not going to walk up on stage with a rock band and play a bunch of folk songs the entire show. But, yeah, I still I still can do that sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've kind of always uh, been writing my, on my own. Like, I don't I wouldn't say I, like went out on my own, but the, I, like more more recently because of the fact that everybody's sort of, you know, doing their own thing, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was more of a catalyst than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously stylistically you're different than Exoero, which we can hear this evening. You're not got that kind of a heavier yeah. rock kind of <laughs> no. feel. You've got that singer-songwriter, folk singer kind of feel to it. Um, lyrically speaking, are you also, what, what are you bringing forth with the, the stuff that you're writing in comparison for maybe the sort of stuff you wrote with Exoero? Um, I think, um, the lyrics are actually the one thing that sort of stayed the same. Like I, I tend to sort of write the same over different genres, which I think is cool because you can get you know, different um, feels to music and different genres and stuff. So, like, the lyrics I write for Exoero are, you know, pretty similar to the stuff I write on my own, and it's cool to hear them in different contexts with, like, different genres and stuff, so. Do you ever bring some of your original kind of solo work to Exoero or, or vice versa and kind of see how it 
as you said, kind of how it sounds as a folk song and maybe it will give a different message the way that you sing it now rather with the band. Yeah, totally. Um, we played, um, just to add to our set length, we played a bunch of my newer songs um, last show. And, and like, I don't, all, I don't only do, like, acoustic stuff. Like, my other solo stuff is, like, you know, it's kind of, like, light rockish kind of, so, like, not, like, the... Not quite like Exoera, which is more like progressive or alternative, maybe, but you know, still rock. So we can still play those with a full band. But um, one of the songs we played last time, uh, that was the last song, which is like the heaviest one that we like close out every show with. Actually, started as just a like an acoustic song that I'd written, mm -hmm. and I think Kai, the bass player, was like, well, "What if we played it as a reggae song?" And that's sort of how that took off. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So as a solo artist, uh, do you feel less pressure, more pressure to kind of get the songs down? Uh, how, how, do you, how do you approach kind of crafting songs? Um, are you like your worst enemy at this one or do you kind of give yourself the free reign to kind of do it as and when? I kind of, I used to like restrict myself so much or I'd like write something and then like two seconds later I'd be like, oh, that's terrible. And then like erase it all. And I don't, I don't do that anymore. Like I force myself to like, okay, give it a second chance or like, you know, you can make it better. You know, you can make it better. So like I've, I've really been trying to, you know, give myself a little more slack because I used to be really strict like that. But now I feel like I give myself more freedom to, you know, write what I really want to. Hmm. Has that cha changed the way that you write at all? I mean, obviously it does in the sense of you coming back to it, but uh, do you find yourself digging into things that you otherwise wouldn't or, 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 or tackle more difficult subjects? Yeah, I used to like, I used to have this weird thing in my mind where I thought like, oh, I'm never going to write about myself because that's being like generic or something, but like, that's not true. <laughs> like, don't listen to that. So like, I started thinking like, well, I can write about my own issues and stuff and put them into songs because like all my other songs, like most of my songs are about other people or just, you know, people I make up, mm -hmm. but um, they're usually about something or someone. So um, yeah, I've, I've kind of been, you know, getting better at, you know, drawing from my own life instead of relying on things around me. Yeah. And uh, in terms of like, the recording process, as you said, you came out with a four-track EP in February uh, called uh, Early to Rise. Yeah. Uh, you said a couple of songs on there were, were originals, yeah, a couple a, were a, covers? Yeah, there's two originals, and then there's a Dylan song and a Dead song I chose to do. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the recording process, without obviously an entire band that has to kind of get coordinated and figure out dates and figure out money and, mm -hmm. and obviously it's like herding cats yeah. the more people you get. Uh, how, how did you find the recording process for the, that EP? Well, that was done entirely like between my basement and my bedroom and, you know, I decided like, oh, no, I don't really need to go pay for it because if I'm just using acoustic instruments and I know all my own parts and stuff, then like it just, that's how I was able to like bang that out pretty fast. Like I did it over like maybe like a month of like recording and re-recording and stuff. So yeah, it was cool to be able to do it on my own and it's nice to know that I can do that because basically like I don't have to teach the parts to anybody or you know, nobody has to come up with parts. So it's just me playing what, you know, I want to play and recording it at the same time. Yeah, did, uh, did you do the, the, mixing and mastering yourself as well it was a whole thing from like soup to nuts the yeah uh, it was pre it was pretty much all me and like you know i definitely got advice from other people and stuff and learned from people over the years about how to do that stuff but you know it's all me and it's probably not the best sounding record ever made and then i'll own up to that obviously but um yeah i think it sounds good and it gets the job done and it's i just wanted to show people you know what i've been doing that whole time because you know i was not doing much for a while because you know you couldn't like nobody was doing anything um, yeah, I don't think that first EP needs to be the best thing in the world at the yeah. end of the day. It's, it's more <laughs> it about, rarely is. Yeah, it's just more about getting it out there and seeing what, 
what your limitations are and, and what it is you're uh, good at and and really just providing kind of that foundation to to then go on and make something that you feel is more you mm-hmm. um, well we'd love to hear another song cool, so yeah. what have you got uh, this song is called Getting on a Train. This one is brand new. It's not on the EP I was talking about. And this is this is the second time I've ever played this song live, so almost almost an exclusive performance, but yeah, alright. It's called Getting on a Train. I'm getting on a train and I'm going. Not sure when but the fun is annoying. One of these days I will buy myself a ticket and I'll just stop playing even nothing but the crickets. I'm sick and tired of being cut into the wrong shit. Just another day until I fade into the landscape. I'm going down to the station in the morning. No farewells, not a single word of warning. I'm getting on a train any day now. I will leave you stranded and you'll see how it feels now. I'm sick and tired of being head of operations When my employees are children and my office is a basement I'm going down to the station by the river And I'll look over my shoulder as you cry and you shiver Cause I'll be sitting in my window seat With a panoramic view and some room for my feet, yeah Jenison. So as you said, that's true. Uh, that was a new one. Yeah, it's a new one. Um, almost a big heavy world exclusive. Almost, yeah. <laughs> Where was the first play- time you played it? I played it at Hogback Mountain Brewery in Bristol, and yeah, I don't think there were that many people there, so okay. well, yeah, pretty close to exclusive, <laughs> I gotta say. Yeah, we'll take it. Uh, so as you, you implied earlier on as well, that uh, since releasing that EP, you've continued to write and continue to write, uh, and obviously that's uh, a testament to that. Getting on train. Um, so what are you planning to do with these new tracks? What's, uh, what's the plan f- going forward? Um, the plan is to keep working because I recently got a job and you know that's how you make money to be able to record things. So keep working, uh, save some money and uh, find a studio and record them and just share them because that's, you know, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to I wanna, you know, record all my stuff and then share it with everybody because I'm, I'm really excited about how, how everything's sounding. So yeah. Do you already have that kind of track list already laid out, or are you, are you still writing? You feel like there's some gaps, there's something missing. Um, where are you at with it? There's like five solid songs that I could probably go and record right now, and then but I just keep writing more. So the longer I wait, the more songs I have to record. So you know, I'm just you know, or maybe I could save them for later. But you know, I just I, they, the amount of songs just keeps growing. So. So. Yeah. Can you see this potentially being a full album rather than another EP? Yeah, I think that's the plan. That's what I would want. So even if it meant waiting a little longer to get everything finished up, like I really want to do this next one like right because the first one was cool, you know, in my you know room and all. But like you know, I kind of want something like 
yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, of course. Um, how many of these kind of got written, you know, as we're kind of still in the pandemic? In fact, how many how many of, out of the two songs that you, were the originals in the EP, did they reflect kind of the state of being at the time? You know, as you said, no one could go out, no one could do anything. You felt very cl- close to the way. You couldn't see a band, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, do your songs reflect that kind of that that feeling of being trapped, or does it? We do. Did you go somewhere else when you wrote them? Um, some of them actually, yeah. I wrote um City Veins a really long time ago, um, like probably like over a year ago now, and that was inspired by a trip uh, trip to New York I took, and uh, so that one was, and that one I I decided to like you know restructure and include on Early to Rise because you know it, it sort of describes a different kind of place. And it's nice to be able to like look back on that when you're stuck in a place where you really can't go anywhere or do anything. So I don't know if a lot of them reflect the you know pandemic trapped feeling, but that one I feel like you know I think that one does. Not like a yearning for freedom. Yeah, yeah, and you know to be back where you know you felt joy or whatever. Yeah, of course. And um, you mentioned that you know you you started to to realize you can write about yourself a little bit, which is good. I mean, you write what you know. Um, with the, the tracks that you're writing about now, is that the kind of, is that the theme that's going on around it? Kind of your own experiences in the last year, two years, or is it, as as you said, you kind of make people up or or you kind of took someone else's story or or something like that? Some of them are definitely, um, about, you know, or at least started about me. And sometimes I just go off on something completely different and it turns into something else, but you know, some are about experiences I've had or things that I've seen. There's one song that I'm finishing up that's about, I was playing a show at uh, Radio Bean, and um, there was a lady outside who was, uh, <laughs> I don't know what was going on, but she was saying some funny stuff, and uh, she, like, we were walking by, and uh, she yelled at us, we were, it was with my band, and she goes, it's a new moon, boys. So, like, there, I, I finished a song, I said I'm going to write about a song about that experience, because that was super funny, and I love things like that so that's one of the songs on there so that's about some and i know nothing about her but you know yeah. you kind of just have to make it up and fill in the gaps here but yeah yeah and i think uh in in that moment she was a character in your head and you kind of uh yeah. you kind of extrapolated that and i yeah. think some of the best songs uh have that just kill kernel of truth and you mm-hmm. kind of can build some fantasy around that and you know f- for you and that in that moment and right now after you finish writing it she's still a very real person yeah i hope she hears that someday and right yeah that'd be kind of cool mm-hmm. maybe we'll track her down we'll hang out outside radio and yeah so yeah we'll get her yeah <laughs> um so um yeah do notice that you've been doing a lot of gigging this summer uh see you were at bristol Wreckfields, uh in the uh bristol park hog mount Hogback Mountain Brewing, as you said. Uh, there was a free show in Manchester as well, but I believe that was yeah, with that the was with other the band. Gent Treadley, yeah. Right. Uh, but that's, you know, you, you've, you've definitely kind of uh, racked them up. Yeah. What's that been experienced kind of being out and about and, you know, people finally getting back into the bars? I mean, as you're only 16 or yeah, 17, you know, like, obviously was... the bars might not be a thing that yeah. you're too aware of, but how is that feeling in terms of the, the receptiveness of the audience? Um, I just, it's my favorite thing is being out and playing shows like that and, if I had my way, I'd be doing that every weekend, or at, le- at least every weekend, but, you know, more if possible. But playing with, a, and those guys are all older than me, and I was like, it was an honor to be invited for that. So, like, that was just super cool. And, and the great thing is that those guys play the music that I'm talking about <laughs> that I like to play. So it's really fun, and, and I feel like I fit in there because, you know, I know the music, and, and, and the crowd is always super supportive of that. 
and it was cool to be in those places where I'm not legally allowed to enter, but, you know. <laughs> there you go. You get a little uh, glimpse of your future. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, we, we were referring there to a band called uh, Gent Treadley, uh, which is one of Evan's, uh, you said it's like a family friend's band? Yeah, my uh, my uncle and uh, his, is his lifelong friend. Um, they grew up in Rye, New York, and... And uh, they've been playing together forever. And Gent Treadley is kind of my uncle, my uncle's friend's band. And you know, whoever is with Greg is his name. That's Gent Treadley. So he mm. sort of just you know arranges lineups of people and wherever they're playing. That's Gent Treadley. So I was it was cool to be part of that for one night. Oh, wonderful! So uh, you you are officially in Gent Treadley, but so yeah, many I mean, other a rotating lineup. Yes. I don't know if it'll yeah. happen again, but it was cool for once. <laughs> for, for that one night at least, you were officially a, a yeah. Gent Treadley band member on the bill. Yeah, you, you said that they play the sort of music that you you like playing. So what what kind of music do they play? What was it about them that you kind of like you drawn towards? It's a lot of Grateful Dead. That's that's the main thing. That's like that's what I like. That's what I play, and uh, and just older bands like that. And you know they. They do the long form jamming, which is just my favorite thing because I like to see, you know, where, like, I can't, I can't imagine. I just like personally now that I've been exposed to like different kind of music like that. I can't imagine getting up on stage and like playing the same, playing the same song the same way, like over and over again. Like that just doesn't compete anymore. Like the two songs I've played so far, like you know, I've never, you know, I've played them similar, but you know, it's always different, and I always try to make it different, you know, so it's unique every time. What is it about what what is it about changing it up every single time that appeals to you? It just makes it more interesting, I feel like. So it's not, you know, it's and especially for the audience, especially if because a lot of those bands like the same people would go time and time and time again. But, you know, to get different versions and have different sounds for every time is just like the best thing ever to me. Like, you know, you know, experimenting with different stuff live and giving the audience something different to listen to is just so cool to me. Uh, and so when you play your own music, you said you kind of have tried to bring that philosophy, that yeah. ideology into your own live performances. Yeah. Do you do you find that your songs are evolving as you play them? Yeah, I, I, I think about adding new stuff all the time. And, you know, my eventual goal is to have, you know, a band, and this can be like years in the future, but have a band of people that are like-minded like that. Because, like, I want people to change my songs. I want people to play them differently and do things to them because, you know, they'll hear something, you know, a different way than I do. And that's why, like, people ask me what songs mean, and I'll be like, it's up to you. Like, I never like to say, like, well, this is what I wrote it about, but, you know, songs mean different things to everybody. And I, li I love to hear what people think my songs are about. I, you know, I love that. But, yeah, I, I, I try to refrain from being like, no, this song is about this. And I think that sort of, you know, comes into play with the whole evolving song and, or playing it differently on stage or something. But, yeah, I try to do that. I do that a lot in uh, Exoero shows too like I'll, I never play the same solo twice like well rarely but if it's a really good solo maybe I'll play it twice but I try to change things up and sing things differently or add different solo breaks and sections and stuff because it's just really fun and it's you know cool to just be up there and mess around and have fun yeah does the meanings of the songs change for you the more you play them and and you know as they evolve I've definitely had a couple where I, I've started with a line and I've thought it's going to be about something else and then I'm like, or, or I'll read a whole song after I'm done with it and I'm like, oh, this is totally a metaphor for something else that I didn't even realize or something. So that, yeah, sometimes sometimes the songs definitely change and evolve and mean different things. Yeah. Has that ever happened where, you know, you've, you've definitely got it in your head like this is what this is about and you've recorded it or you've been playing it for a long time and then 
over time because of experience or because of the different way you change the, the, the way you play it, it becomes something else entirely. Yeah, I totally did. I, I have a new song that I'm not going to play tonight, but um, I, I started writing it from the point of view of a, a caged bird in a rich person's house. Um, and uh, but it, it ended up being sort of a metaphor for like you know the homelessness problem in in America and like I, it was crazy I didn't even see that coming and then I but I read it and I was like wow this is like really representative of that so I thought that was cool and that's something that I've always you know I like that's been like an issue that's been like close to me because like I've seen that and it just you know it it doesn't sit well with me and it's just a bummer but you know I I've written about that in a couple songs but yeah yeah it's one one of those subjects that really like touches like your uh, your psyche your heart mm -hmm. yeah. Um, is there any other songs that you, you have? That, I mean, you said you kind of written about that in a it, it, with a couple of songs, uh, homelessness and houselessness. Is there any other kind of bigger issues, like uh, larger larger um, societal issues that you kind of end up reflecting on or, or going back to in your songs a lot? I've written a, there's been a few songs where like the main themes have been like addiction and stuff like that. It's just like, it's not something I've experienced, but it's something I've like, you know, I've seen and it's something that, you know, again, like, is an issue that, I don't know, somehow, for some reason, you know, it, like, it hits home for me. Like, I just, it, I think it's so messed up, and I think it's good to write about. And because a lot of people, when they think about stuff like that, is they only see the bad side of it, but they don't understand what's going on behind it. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's good to sort of expose, like, the other things that are going on. Yeah, you uh, you grew up and still live in Starksboro, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And obviously, rural Vermont's got a horrendous opioid yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. I'm sure you've seen that first-hand or second-hand or no yeah. people uh, in a big way. So I'm sure that affects oh, yeah. your life in a lot. In, in a lot. Um, how much for you is does writing uh, help you process these things? Um, it, you know, it really gives me a space to, like, talk about it more. And I, I, it really helps, I think, because I'm not, like, struggling with those issues at heart, really, but I really like, you know, talking about them or, you know, singing about them because that means other people are, you know, learning more. And I'm not saying I'm an expert on anything, but, you know, it's good to get it out there so that you know other people can realize how much of a problem it is or like what's going on behind it because yeah i, yeah. I don't think you necessarily need to be an expert in something to right, to, yeah. to write about how it, how it makes you personally yeah. feel oh, totally, you yeah. know you can yeah i think it's valuable even just on a personal level to be able to to put that out and put that into words and be able to communicate that off often to the ether and and maybe mm -hmm. someone else will connect to you on that yeah yeah i really i love that when people come to, like and it doesn't happen often because obviously i'm 17 and in high school and but uh when people come to me and they say like oh i really like this part in your song or like you know like i said like when people tell me what it means to them it's just it, it like it really it, it feels good to hear that and i and i really like when i feel like i've made a difference even though even if it's yeah. like one person a year that comes yeah. up to me and says that all right um well we would love to hear another song so mm -hmm. what have we got all right this uh this last song is called forget me not Oh, and we made it ice 
What is your address and what's your situation? I guess we'll see. I guess you'll spill when we go walking and we gigs coming up um yeah i mean not for me personally but exoera i think we'll be uh and i'll get it confirmed and posters out soon but i believe we'll be playing uh halloween night sunday night in the bristol town green so yeah you can catch us there fantastic maybe i'll play a few of these songs maybe yeah. i'll get the boys to let me <laughs> right and a bit of a homecoming gig on that one as well yeah and um if people would like to listen to your ep and find out the new music that you'd be creating uh where will they find it yeah, well, uh, so my Spotify is just Evan Jennison, so you can hit me up there. And my Instagram is also Evan Jennison, so it makes it nice and easy. And <laughs> Instagram is really where I do my posting. I'm on Facebook, but I, I rarely log on. I forget to, but I should get better at that. But yeah, Evan Jennison on all three of those things is where I'm at. Sorry. If you want to keep up. No one's on Facebook these days apart from old people. <laughs> and, and me, apparently. Mm -hmm. um, well, thank you so much for coming in, Evan. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me again. Not at all. And uh, yeah, just uh, keep coming in as soon as you bring out some new tracks. Will do, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, well, that's about all we've got time for today. Uh, before I go, we would like to thank Abby for filling in for the past few weeks. I have been away in England and she was an absolute superstar. Filled in and um, yeah, just she just uh, did a fantastic job. So thank you very much, Abby. She was wonderful. I gave her a little listen to a few of those uh, podcasts and uh, yeah, you absolutely killed it, mate. 
Um, so join us next week. We're going to have Lillian and the Muses. They'll be coming on. Uh, they are a really interesting band. Go check them out on our website right now. There's some fantastic music videos they've created. Uh, so check us out. That'll be Wednesday, uh, next Wednesday at 8 o'clock as always. Uh, but this has been 105.9 The Radiator at The Rocket Shop. I've been your host, Tom Proctor, and good night.